everybody, it's Scott with EmpowerEd. I hope you're enjoying the Educator Wellness Revolution podcast. This third episode is all about staff-led professional development. In my experience working with schools, I think allowing staff to lead their own professional development is an essential tool for educator wellness. Not only does it help teachers feel empowered to lead on subjects they care most about, but the more relaxed tone of staff-led PD builds and strengthens relationships within the building. To learn more about how to develop and implement staff-led PD, we speak with instructional coach Claire Shanahan and ELL resource teacher Catherine Heisey from Ida B. Wells Middle School in D.C. I've been lucky enough to work with Ida B. Wells for a few years now, and I'm always impressed by the enthusiasm their teachers have for supporting and learning from each other. In this episode, we discuss how the staff-led initiative Thinking Thursdays came to be at Ida B. Wells, why staff-led PD can be a place for more open, curious learning than traditional professional development sessions, ways to find the right balance of planning ahead and staying flexible to changing needs, and much more. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Educator Wellness Revolution podcast. This is our third episode. We're super excited to have two wonderful educators with us, Claire Shanahan and Catherine Heisey from Ida B. Wells Middle School, D.C. So I want to start by just giving you all a little space to introduce yourselves and to share about anything you want to share about being an educator. Cool. I can go first. I'm Claire Shanahan. Excited to be on this podcast. I'm the ELA instructional coach at Ida B. Wells Middle School. This is my fourth year here. I was fortunate to be part of the team from our school's founding. So that's pretty great. I love working at Wells. My name is Catherine Heisey. I'm the EL resource teacher here at Ida B. Wells. This is the first year that that position has existed. And it's obviously my first year in that position, but it's my third year at Wells. I started at Wells on the year that we did virtual teaching and feel really happy to kind of be here in a year that feels a bit more normal than any of the previous two years. Absolutely. People <laughs> are at Ida B. Wells are one of the partner schools that we work with through Empower Ed on the educator wellness work. So first, I just want to thank you all because you all are really helping us understand what educator wellness is about and the specific ways that we can support schools like Wells in the work that you're doing. And so what I want to do today is to help feature some of the work that Ida B. Wells and your educator wellness team is doing and to just dive into like what educator wellness really means within a system that, you know, obviously needs a lot of work. So how do you do it even when the system is not perfect? And we've really noticed that from you all, just that you seem to maintain a lot of optimism and work towards that. So we were excited to share that with anyone who's listening right now. I want to start with just hearing a little bit more about what you're doing with Thinking Thursdays and to explain what Thinking Thursdays are about at Wells. And then also, I know that you all are talking about Wellness Wednesdays coming up. So just to share more about what these projects are that you've been doing for staff wellness. Yeah, I can speak on Thinking Thursday. So it's an idea that stuck with me in part from our work with Empower Ed going back to when we started virtually a couple years back and in part back to my work at my previous school where something similar existed. Thinking Thursday happens every other week before school. It's small 35 to 40 minute teacher-led PDs around topics, a range of topics, mainly ones so far that the leadership team has identified as a possible need, although also rooted in strengths of teachers that that we're seeing. The goal is for teachers to nominate themselves or others, but currently it's they're sort of more assigned. So the sessions are 
meant to allow attendee teacher attendees to walk away with really specific tips and tricks and things that they can turn key to improve their practice. A few examples this this morning we had one led on led by four teachers actually two co-teaching teams on strategies for collecting data in the moment. So aggressive monitoring, using tech to do that. I just said it was this morning. It was yesterday morning. Other ones have been on strategies for planning for and executing small group instruction, positive behavior incentive systems that work for folks. So a wide variety of things that really will help teachers improve their their practice. Ms. Heisey led one on strategies for supporting L's that maybe you want to share a little bit about. Yeah, I led a session on supporting English language learners with another teacher in the building. And so we talked about ways a lot of with having the L resource teacher be a new position at the school. A lot of teachers have kind of approached me in the hall, seemingly in like a bit of a panic, like, I don't know what to do with X student. And so this was something that definitely seemed like a need of thinking about ways and talking through ways to help support, especially some of like the lower level English language learners. And so me and then another colleague kind of talked through some strategies that we've used in our classes. I previously have been in like general education classes as the English language specialist in the room. And so ways that I've supported English languages, English language learners, especially in like the general education classroom. And then I'll speak a little bit about wellness Wednesdays, which is another thing that's kind of in the development process. So it right now is existing in some ideas. We're thinking primarily to have an opportunity after school for teachers to come together. And then it would also be be teacher led. So we have a number of teachers here who are like practice yoga or do mindfulness or meditation or other things like that. So a space where teachers can come together and practice like our own wellness. And then we have also talked about trying to find time during the day, during planning time, teachers planning times in order for them to have like maybe five minutes of just like a check-in in a space that that is away from the classroom to allow them to kind of focus on their own, our own wellness as we're here at school. Hey everyone, this is Scott from Empower Ed. I want to follow up a little bit. I want to just kind of draw the connection between this whole idea of staff-led, teacher-led, professional development and wellness, because we're on a podcast about educator wellness. We're using that word a lot. And when people think about wellness, I think they think a lot about the things you just mentioned, Heisey, the things about practicing yoga and individual self-care and mindfulness. But we take a really wide view, right, of what wellness is, this this pyramid that we talk about, which is the individual level of wellness, the interpersonal level, organizational, and then that systemic organizational level. So when we think about how we create an environment, a culture of wellness, I know that as a teacher, when I would show up to professional developments that felt totally out of touch, right, with what I was dealing with every day or kind of forced on us by the outside, it would be depleting, right? In some ways, it would feel like I have other things to do and why am I here? And I could be taking care of myself. I could be doing work that I need to do. So when I go home, I can take care of other things. So I want to draw this connection between what it means to be well as an educator and why PD should be staff-led and then what barriers you face so far in making this a reality for the staff. Yeah, I mean, I think... One of the reasons I was really excited to organize and bring Thinking Thursday first to the leadership team and then to the whole staff is for exactly that wellness reason. I think another piece that makes it even more 
I don't know, perhaps make teachers feel more connected to the sessions is that there's an element of choice. It's not mandatory to attend all of them. Teachers are just meant to attend three of eight per per, I guess, impact cycle. So not only are they teacher-led and and therefore probably very connected to the needs of attendee teachers, but if there's another teacher who already feels like they've got a pretty good grasp on supporting their lower-level L's, then they can use that, have that time to do their planning or whatever it is that they need and don't feel obligated to attend sessions that may not apply to them. So I think that that even doubles down further on the, like, I'm in this and it's useful and I need it. Barriers. One thing that I've come across is that teachers are already overwhelmed and have a lot of tasks on their plates just doing the day-to-day work. And so nominating or asking somebody to lead a session could, in my, I think, possibly contribute to that overwhelm that teachers of all experience levels are facing. And so I think just Finding a way to make it something that's very manageable on the presenter end is important to me. So what I've done is, one, try to give as much notice as possible. So to the extent that people want to plan and, you know, go back into their archives of things to share, you know, they have the time to, to do so. And the other piece is just sharing, like, is, this isn't you creating anything from scratch. Like, yes, slides are great as we love a visual, but it can just be bringing examples or a video or screenshots of things that you've already created for your students. So it's really just like, here's what I did on Monday. Here's what I did two weeks ago. And it's just sort of taking a couple of minutes to, to combine all the things. So I'm hoping that for, and I'd be interested to hear what you think, Heisey, but I, I'm hoping that that has sort of minimalized the barriers. Yeah. And I will just add that I think from a planning perspective, I was really fortunate when I brought this idea to the team that I had support from the administration, the APs and principal, partly because I think Mr. Lyles has been a big supporter of our work with EmpowerEd throughout our time together. And I think also we received feedback last year that teachers were craving more teacher-led PD, more choice-based PD. And so we knew that there was, this was an ask from the staff. And so when the like development of the logistics was in response to survey data, but anyway, how did you feel about the demand? Yeah, I think I'm thinking about the demand. Um, one thing that was really nice was not going first. So I kind of was able to see like the approach that other teachers had as they were thinking about it. And I think it is like a really kind of like communal learning experience where obviously when you're presenting, you're coming in, you know, ready to lead and to think about things, but it does not feel or it didn't feel to me to be like a high pressure, like a high stakes environment. It's something where it's a need that teachers are asking for or questions that teachers have and something that maybe you can speak a little bit on. So I didn't find it to be overwhelming or too nerve wracking just because I think like Shanahan, pardon me, Shanahan and Gibson, I think also do a really good job in the way that they approach on the teachers to lead and in the way that they present what the ask is. And then speaking a little bit on like (laughs) the importance of like teacher-led PDs um, in teacher wellness. I think one thing that I have really loved about the Thinking Thursdays is hearing from other teachers and just having a really authentic, really authentic like instruction or tips about what to do. Like when we're thinking about, you know, restorative circles and stuff, there's a lot of like, this is really hard. This is really hard to do. And I think because it's educators who are talking to other educators, there's just an acknowledgement of like, it doesn't always look perfect. You know, these are some struggles that I have. Like we can really speak honestly to each other about these are ways that we can grow and these are ways that we can improve. But this is, you know, 
not going to like work seamlessly the first time you do it. And I think that when you have educators talking to educators, that's like some honesty that, that comes out that I think is really like motivating. I'd also say that a lot of the presenters have shared like this, this way of doing this works in this context, or like when I taught XYZ last year, this is what I used, but for this reason, I've now shifted to doing it this way. And so I think having an acknowledgement of the different contexts is also really helpful. And that's a testament, I think, to the presenter's thoughtfulness and in how they're sharing. Yeah, and I love that so much of this is the invitation itself, right? What it says that they are being approached and say, we know you know this. We want others to know this. We want you to share this and what that means. And there can be a barrier to them in preparing it and getting it ready, but but ultimately they're being acknowledged for something. They're they're being they're being appreciated as an expert and other people are getting to learn from them. Yeah, that was super exciting for me once we sort of got the okay and got the ball rolling here is much of this idea came from my previous school where I was a teacher as opposed to an instructional coach. And I remember the feeling of being approached to lead something similar. And I felt like, oh, that must mean I'm like doing some things right here that people want to share. It was really encouraging and built my confidence, especially in the newer years of my teaching to be like, oh, okay, I kind of, I have at least one part of this somewhat down. And so I'm, I'm hoping that that sentiment has carried to at least some of the other presenters. Yeah, I'll definitely echo that. Like being like asked to like present different strategies. I think, um, one thing that I've, it's, yeah, it's just hard. <laughs> like, it's just hard, you know? And so I think like having someone like see what you're doing and saying like, like the hard work is, you know, paying off like we we recognize it and we we think it's something that's like really valuable and that other teachers could learn from I think is feels really good (laughs) it it sounds like there's a really specific voice or tone that's that's used in these sessions where it's not like there's sounds like there's a lot of space for learning to be happening but like everything can be a work in progress and that people are not being talked to as much as talking together so can, can you speak a little bit more about like what what that tone is in these sessions versus versus other ways that people interact in school environments or in traditional PD settings? I think that some of it probably comes from the relationships that teachers have with each other so that the person who is presenting, there are at least, I would say, like a critical mass of people in the room who feel like comfortable enough with that teacher to like ask questions, ask clarifying questions or, you know, ask, okay, but how could I apply this to my specific context? You know, like that sounds great for whatever you're doing there, but I'm thinking about it in my room and I'm having, I'm struggling to see how, how it would work. Can you talk through what that would look like? And so I think having like, like enough teachers in the room who have, you know, some kind of relationship kind of creates a, a whole community environment where it's like, okay, this is something that I can do. But I think it probably stems from the relationships that teachers um, have with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think to your point from <coughs> earlier, many of the early sessions set a sort of informal collegial tone where it was just like photos on the board. Here's the pros and cons of doing it this way. So I think that helped set that tone. I mean, teachers go to like endless PDs all the time. And there's like some of the fun of PD is that you have to do some modifying to make it apply to your context. But I I would guess and hope that when that PD is internal and coming from folks down the hall, that 
like turnkeying lift is a little bit lower. Granted, like we're not really giving PDs on like the, you know, in-depth content stuff that we would do in, in DCPS PDs, but it's still, I think a little bit, it'll be a little bit quicker to like imagine yourself doing the things that are being shared mm-hmm. when it's coming from, from down the hall. So I think when comparing other PDs, the, the turnkey bit is a little bit easier or straightforward. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we talked a little bit about like why people would want to come to this, right? Like how how we get engagement. But, you know, people are only required to attend a few of them or that's the expectation. People are getting a lot of choice in what they attend. What do you think is, is driving engagement? And you started to talk about like the trust that's already established, right? Because people might know the presenter. How do you think that is differentiated and how does that create a different level of engagement? the fact that there's already a relationship there potentially with the presenter or a little bit of trust there. Yeah. I think the trust is crucial. I think engagement. Yeah. I mean, I think like, especially for those who've been here for more than a year, but even new folks can see like, who are the people who, you know, seem to be doing X, Y, Z thing really well. And you're just kind of like, I remember this as a teacher. And even sometimes with, you know, teachers that I don't necessarily work directly with, I'll be like, "Hmm, well, dang, like they look like they really have this together or like, Ooh, this lesson plan is really strong. I wonder what that looks like in practice. So I think I would hope that just like the general curiosity of what's happening with teachers down the hall and, you know, being able to grow your practice is enough to bring people beyond just the like required number. I think additionally, like Shanahan and Gibson have done a really good job of like thinking through what the initial thinking Thursdays are going to be. I think there are things like that teachers are like thinking about and asking for. And so they're like dedicated to areas that are of really high interest and also like really like kind of high leverage practices where you can grow your practice a lot by implementing some of these things. Like the first one I think was the like support. Yeah. was like the PBIS one, which I think, especially in the first few weeks of school, I think it's something that's really high on a lot of teachers' minds is like, I want all of this on the lock, you know? And so having, giving teachers that opportunity to go and talk to some really well-respected and really experienced teachers and hear how they're doing it, I think was really well thought through. So I think that's an important lesson in there, right? That like, this is being led not by anyone, it's being led by someone who is in touch and talking with teachers regularly. So there's some sense of this is, these are the topics that we want to recruit from. Just a blank page that says sign up to lead PD might not be as productive, right? But you're actually doing some, taking some part in generating what kind of topics people want to hear. And we spent some time over the summer when we were thinking this through with exactly that, like, okay, in the like September range what type of things will people need and then now that we're a little deeper in the year although we've had to make some shifts we're looking at at things that are you know okay hopefully people have the some of the like I don't want to say basic but some of the more sort of ground level setting up your classroom stuff and so now it's more in-depth things that people can loop into some of the planning systems that they've developed. So it sounds like this model is very responsive too. Like you're able to like create a plan and then also adapt that plan based on like what's happening as well. Yeah, I think there's pros and cons to that because on the one hand, yes, it's great to be responsive. I actually went into the 
to the year being like, all right, I've got them all locked down. And that didn't really play out in reality. I do think having them all planned out successfully would have helped me as a coach be more able to encourage people to go to ones that like, if they express, oh, I'm struggling with how to support L's, then I could, I would have been able to say, well, Ms. Heise is leading the session on this date. Why don't you plan to go to that as one of your three? Or if I see, you know, someone, you know, needs some support with planning their small groups, I could have directed them to that. So I, I think there is, there are pros and cons to having a flexible approach versus a much more structured, planned out approach too. We work with a lot of educators and who I, th- I think there is this feeling of like the problems are so big right now that it's like, how do you even start to tackle them? And I, and I look at what you're, you all are doing with Thinking Thursdays and what's coming up with Wellness Wednesdays. And it's, it's, it's small, but it's really meaningful. It sounds like there's a lot in there around valuing teacher voice, valuing the relationships in the room, creating more communal learning environments, being, you know, kind of finding the balance between flexible and, and structured and so I'm, I am curious, like what, like, what do you think about that when you think about these big issues that are affecting educators and then like your, your small and meaningful and connected way that you're approaching it? And how do you link those two things together? And just like any, any like inspiration or wisdom you could give to someone out there who's just really battling with some cynicism around it right now. For me, it's a question of locus of control, which I'm actually wearing my city year little cardigan today, but I learned that from my time way back in city year where like, it's so easy to feel overwhelmed by like the crush of all of the systemic problems, which we, I believe as individuals have a space to, to address too, but in the day to day, you just have to focus on like what tiny piece can you make a positive impact on. And so I guess like, and, and this is partly a testament to our work with Scott, who like helped us think that through, especially when I was in the, more involved in the cohort a couple of years ago, I was able to see, okay, so I have this coaching role. Like, obviously I can coach teachers in a thoughtful way on an individual level that might be part of my locus of control, but in seeing this expressed need from our staff, this just felt like, you know, by building leadership, by encouraging teachers who are doing things really well. And by giving teachers a chance to learn authentically, that's something that's like within my realm of, of work. And so while I definitely do sometimes feel crushed by like all of the systemic issues and sometimes feel a little overwhelmed, like it is also for me as an, as an attendee, just really encouraging to see this, the system start to, to fall into place. So I say all that to say for me, it's all about like finding my, my, little piece that I can chip away at in one context or another. I love that, Claire. And that is what it's all about, right? It's like everyone finding their piece that they can do. And that's why it's teacher and staff-led professional development. And that's why educator wellness is so much about being able to appreciate that you have all the resources in the building and between between yourselves, right? You can help each other make this job easier, make the job more sustainable, serve your students better. And that, you know, I love that message about like the cynicism and hope because you have a locus of control. And I love the balance you struck because it's something we're always talking about, which is we're not going to forget about systemic issues. We're going to try to solve them. We're going to try to fight for the system to be better. But we're also in the midst of our day from eight o'clock to 3.30, right? We're going to take on the things we can do in our building to make things better for our students, to make things better for our colleagues. And then we'll we'll use the fight we have left to, to change tomorrow for other people. So I, I love that message. Catherine, is there anything you want to add? I think my... One of the big reasons why I appreciate it kind of in this larger 
sometimes overwhelming amount of change that we're trying to affect is I think these thinking Thursdays are also serve as like an acknowledgement of like, we're not there yet, you know? So it's kind of also a way of like, we see y'all working and we see everything that's going on. And we recognize that like us collectively, like we can all get better in this area. We can all get better in this area. And so I think having like that space to be like, I need that, you know, like I need that help, you know, is really, really encouraging and makes each day feel like, you know, we're all just like chipping away. Um, and I think, yeah, just kind of like the acknowledgement and thinking that thinking Thursday brings and that like, these are areas where we see that we all have room for growth, I think is really helpful for me. Love it. And I think, I think there's so many connections too, to like our self care and like our perfectionism and, you know, we like, we want to practice self care. I've had people when like all the conditions are perfect and because like the conditions are never perfect, a lot of people don't practice the self care that they want. And I, I see that in the larger organizational sense too, that yes, it's a really imperfect system, but I hear you all like really practicing the care that you're capable of practicing right now and like getting good energy from that. And um, we really appreciate you sharing that with us and anyone who's listening right now. We need these beacons of hope and you all are definitely a beacon of hope that we see at Ida B. Wells. So thank you for sharing and taking the time to be with us. Yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, and, and also thank you for like the, the partnership that we have with Empower Ed. I think we've, as a school community and like from speaking for myself individually, have learned a lot in the various ways that I've at least interacted with you, with you guys. So thanks for your partnership and for asking us. Thanks, Claire. It's, it's such a pleasure to work with you, but also with, with Wells, it's such a great school community. And when you have the support of the principal and you have such a great team, we can do awesome things. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. Thank you to Claire and to Catherine for sharing with us. And thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye guys. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to our show. If you enjoyed it, please pass it along to another educator wellness advocate and rate us five stars so others can discover our podcast. We also hope you stay in touch. We'd love to hear your questions, ideas, and recommendations for future podcast guests and themes. Just email us at wellness at weareempowered. That just looks like weareempowered.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and TikTok with the same handle as EmpowerEdDC or visit us at WeAreEmpowerEd.org. Thanks again. We are all part of this educator wellness revolution and we really appreciate your time and energy. Mm -hmm.